Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Table Church Podcast. Uh, we're here for some more audiological goodness for your ear holes. Uh, some tasty treats for your ears. I like to call them ear snacks. <laughs> so I've got some special guests with me today. We're continuing our Nerd Zone series, and we're going to nerd out a little bit more. Today, we're going to another another music episode. We had a jazz episode a couple weeks ago, and now we're going to do classical music. So everybody gets a turn on this on this podcast. <laughs> and we promise that it won't put you to sleep because I think that's people's <laughs> biggest complaint about <laughs> classical music is that it puts me to sleep. Yeah. Um, I can't promise. Actually, we probably shouldn't make any promises, <gasps> right? <laughs> but um, okay. So first, I've got Amanda Jones. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. First time on the podcast? Yes. Well, this is exciting. I know. So glad Nervous. to have you. Nervous. No. <laughs> Whatever. We can literally edit anything. So. Oh, fantastic. Don't worry. And Lindsay Hohulin. Yes. This is your second time on the podcast. It is. This you're, is a a, you're a friend of the podcast. Pro. I am a friend of the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were on one about... Board ner- games. Nerdy board games. Yes. So this, mm-hmm. uh, this uh, what do we call it? Series? I don't know. Sure. Of podcasts. I like it. Nerd Zone series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just about an opportunity for those who are listening, and particularly those who are listening and go to Table Church, <laughs> uh, to to get to know other people at the church. And so you're gonna, you guys might see Amanda and Lindsay on the stage. Uh, they both play on the worship team. We hide behind the piano. <laughs> <laughs> not always. I mean, you. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we step out in Occasionally. front of it, but it's not mm-hmm. as comfortable. <laughs> At least for me. <laughs> I'm a big fan. So um, let me finish my thought, then I'll come back to this. Sorry. Anyway, this is a chance for people to get to know the other people in the church. Mm-hmm. So that's really what this is Love for. It. Kind of an excuse to get to know each other a little bit in a fun way. Anyway, uh, I was a worship leader, a worship pastor for, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. And I like never, um, I, I never s- uh, led without an instrument, without either a keyboard or a or a guitar on because of that same thing is like I gotta hide I, I don't I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now that I'm not a worship pastor and I get to like observe it more, mm-hmm. I so appreciate it when there's just like singers with mm-hmm. nothing in between us and they're just like leading me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in fact, one of the things we're trying to work on is get like TV screens in the back so that we don't even need music stands for the vocalists. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just find that to be so helpful as a person being led in worship. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So yeah, I, in fact, I I love getting to s- just sing. Mm-hmm. Like I really love being in the keys, but um, I always feel like I don't have enough hands because <laughs> I want to raise my hands yeah. in worship, you know. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, my hands are busy. So sometimes you'll see me with like one hand over here. I'm like, okay, Chris has got the bass line. I can let one hand go. But yeah, I like being able to just get out and sing and mm-hmm. worship. And mm-hmm. and you do it very well. Focus so. on one thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Less to think about. <laughs> so, uh, this is kind of cool. We were all three music majors in college. Yes. So nerdy. We were just <laughs> commenting about, I think you said, Lindsay said, that never happens except for in college. <laughs> we, we've got three music majors in one room. Uh, and and so, we all at least at some point had an like, intention of doing something significant with music in our lives. <laughs> well, right? yeah, probably. Or did you always... I don't know what let's I just, thought. Let's just start with Lindsay. We're gonna, sure. I'm, we're gonna, sh- they're gonna share their musical testimonies. I might not get into <laughs> mine too much. I did that in the jazz episode, so I'm gonna let you guys talk. Okay, so I grew up in the church, um, very sheltered homeschooler, and I think there was a time for a long period of my childhood where my parents didn't even let me listen to like Stephen Curtis Chapman or Michael W. Smith because it was too <laughs> rocky. They, they are a little sketch. They are a little sketch. It was in 4-4. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. Because 3-4 so, is the, is the time of the tri- couldn't Trinity. And have drums, and now I'm married to a drummer, so you see where this is going. A little rebel in there, I see. I am. I'm yeah. very much rebel. So yeah. um, I grew up on audiobooks and classical music. And so it was just always something I listened to and I always loved it. And I started playing the piano when I was four. My mom was my first piano teacher. And then I moved to another teacher at five and I always just excelled at it. Um, And I think because I was good at playing the piano, I enjoyed more music because then I could just, I don't know, there's something different between listening to it and making it yourself. I think the people at the table would agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so when I got to college, I was kind of good at everything, but I was really good at piano, and I thought I wanted to be an English major, and then I decided, no, that I didn't want to do, I was, you know, thinking ahead. <laughs> um, Wait, you thought ahead? 
No, I was not. Oh, I, was I was being like, sarcastic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good for you. So I played in like the recital at the end of the first semester. Um, and at that point, I was just doing an elective for piano lessons, basically. And my teacher was like, you're too good not to major in this. And I was like, sure. <laughs> like I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I am good at it. And it, maybe that's for a reason. And maybe I should pursue this further. And so... I switched to a music major, um, and it was a lot of work, <laughs> like a lot more than I thought it would be. Um, we should let's do a music major gripe session Ooh. after the intro. Yeah, it's so absolutely. True. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about all the one credit hour classes that yeah. take, take up ten hours of your time. Or, every or week. Yes, like or zero credit. Like yes, they had yeah. a way where you could take stuff mm -hmm. we'll get to this later right. oh man yeah uh-huh people Absolutely. need to know they do need to we're know we need like a separate like therapy session where we just like unpack all of our trauma from Absolutely. being music majors <laughs> like it's not a technically hard major it's no. not like biochemistry or something it's no time intensive. it's got other stuff though it's time intensive it's emotionally intensive mm -hmm. like it just rips you apart uh, yeah. your bear. it's true it's true <laughs> So yeah. I guess that's kind of my musical testimony. But then I left it all behind when I graduated and started working in healthcare, and that was eleven years ago. So real quick, you, you got your music degree, and but then you say you went into healthcare. What were you doing exactly? Because now you're in med yeah. School. Let's be real specific. Yeah. About oh that. man. So yeah, I so I decided my last year that I did not want to teach because piano was always something that came so naturally to me that I realized that I didn't know how to teach it because I was just like you just do it you just play it you just, <laughs> just you just make it. it sound like this and it was really hard for me to articulate what I was doing and um the other option is to go to a conservatory and I could not fathom sitting in a room by myself practicing <laughs> for 15 plus hours a week for the rest of my life well Amanda can tell you about that oh man no bit. couldn't do it and so I was like I'm gonna get out sooner so I started grad like the process to graduate early um, and then I worked in a nursing home as a nursing assistant, which is the least glamorous job on planet Earth in healthcare. And realized that I loved taking care of these elderly people in the nursing home. Um, and I excelled at that too. And the people that were teaching me were like, you should go further. And so then it was kind of, should I become a nurse? Should I become a PA? Should I become a doctor? And I decided that I like to be in control a lot <laughs> and I like to have all the information. And so med school made the most sense, but I had to go back and do a bunch of science because I was a music major. <laughs> and so in between there, I'm still working in a nursing home. We moved to Texas. And in 2014 is when I finally started my prereqs. So it will, my whole journey to becoming a doctor will have been from 2014 to 2023, which is a yeah, long time. That's a long journey. Can I just say though, that I love, like, I feel like a lot of major music majors get done with their major and then they go, okay, now what am I really going to do? Mm -hmm. I love that. Should I be a doctor was like in your, <laughs> yeah. your handbag of ideas. Like ne that never, occurred to me. never crossed my mind. Never occurred to me. <laughs> I no, I think I'm just a masochist because I chose a music degree and then I was like, I'm going to be a doctor, even though it's so much more schooling and it's so different than what I've been doing. And But it has all worked out. Yeah. That's where I'm supposed to be. So, And awesome. I'm and glad that I get to still use my music. What's amazing is you're not the only musical doctor at Table Church. I know. <laughs> we should have a doctor Does concert. Anybody else Jay think needs it's to come. Yes. <laughs> Does anybody else think it's strange? Like, not only the level of like musical talent that we have at Table Church, but then like the level of talent beyond the music. Like the mm -hmm. musicians are like multi-talented in mm -hmm. many facets. That's true. Why are we the best? I'm I don't of, know, but I, I, I find I it amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Next podcast, yeah. why are we amazing? Then we have Phil over here who literally plays every instrument. I know. Like every Sunday I see you False. noodling on something else and I'm like, I didn't know you played that. I do not play the saxophone. <laughs> but you could. <laughs> but you could. You could. I honestly think I would have been pretty, pretty good at sax because... It doesn't have the embouchure like um, uh, limitations that a brass mm -hmm. instrument does. I mean, embouchure still matters as a sax player, but there's some vocab for you. Mm. Like, um, okay, embouchure <laughs> is the way you place your mouth on an instrument. Yeah, a wind maybe instrument. we should. I didn't even to know listen, that. Like, <laughs> to listen to this with Google open. <laughs> yeah. So, brass instruments and trumpet in particular, embouchure is like everything. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's just so many little muscles in your mouth that have to make this thing happen. And mm -hmm. if you want to play high, if you want to play long, like you have to have, you have to work on your armature. It's like you're literally 
like working out muscles all the time. Hmm. Whereas a, a wind, a woodwind instrument doesn't necessarily have as much of that requirement, you know? Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I kind of have an overbite and, um, just my armature has never been perfect, you know? And so I, I think that if I could have just eliminated that issue and played <laughs> the saxophone, I might've actually been able to go even further, but. Is that one of those things though, where the only people that would criticize you are other people that are also like really advanced at trumpet, <laughs> like to um, the, to the untrained ear, you sound amazing. I don't listen to that many trumpeters. But <laughs> I was, your I was, or however you say it, it's very good. You would have never noticed as far as like tone or technique goes, but like, I, I was never like a lead right. jazz trumpet. I can never play in the stratosphere, you know, like guys can play like, they sound like basketball shoes on a tent on the basketball court. Like they're so high. I can never do that. You know, what do That's they call really that? opera singer that can do the insane oh like the whistle tones yes and, mm. there yeah. was one of those at my school and i just looked at her and shook my head because i don't know how that was human <laughs> i know you're just like how is that sound coming out of you right now <laughs> yeah there's people from another planet you know yep. they're just they got something it's like nobody else has that mm -hmm. and good for you awesome so are you dr Lindsay officially have you got your i am residency. dr hohulin yeah. yes so i have my degree and in less than a year i will be on my own nice so What's the plan? You're going to work at a hospital? going to work at a clinic? I She's going to go back to into music. <laughs> <laughs> With my student loans. Yeah. No, I am going to be a primary care doctor in a clinic. So nice. whoever you consider your PCP, that would be what I would do. Cool. So anybody, any age. All right. That's awesome. You know, yeah. something funny. I never. I don't actually have a doctor in Des Moines. I never got one. Tisk tisk. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not no, gonna ask I'm you not going to be your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to work. No, but I can recommend. You should people. recommend me a doctor sometime because <laughs> I, I don't do have one. Uh, I know yeah. a lot of good ones. <laughs> I mean, we moved here and then it was COVID, and then it's just like. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Amanda, yes. let's hear your musical testimony. This is important because you're the only one of us that actually did something with your music degree. Yes. I well, yeah, I kind of did. Um, uh, well, I kind of did too. You were a worship pastor. Yeah. That counts. Here yeah, I am that now. Counts. Here I am now. That counts. Uh, here's the thing, though. I was way overqualified musically to be a music <laughs> pastor. <laughs> you don't need a music degree to do that. <laughs> That's sadly true. Yes. Um, no, I sort of similarly to Lindsay, like I, I grew up um, doing piano. I think I started actually when I was six. Um, and it started because I went to an elementary school that was right across the street from our pastor's house. And my mom had to be at work earlier than my school opened. And so she would drop me off at the pastor's house and I would stay with the pastor's wife for like half an hour. And then I would tootle on over to, you know, first grade. Um, and she had a piano. And so I just asked her like, hey, can I play your piano? And so she sort of just started informally giving me piano lessons. And I really, really loved it. And I honestly don't know how long she taught me. But at some point she was like, I've taught you everything I can. You need to go over here to this other piano teacher. And so I you know, transferred to her. Um, and I just sort of never did anything else. <laughs> I feel like I'm a bit of a one trick pony. People are always like, Oh, it's so great that, you know, you so much passion and whatever for your music. I'm like, it's just kind of the thing I was good at. So I stuck with it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You know, um, I really, as a child, I was highly driven by, like rewards mm -hmm. and recognition and so when you get into that like competition world and you get trophies oh, and you goodness. get certificates and you know there's I, judges watching you yeah mm -hmm. like even like the stickers in the theory books like saying that i did a good 100%. job on my little writing assignment i was just all about that and the we teacher we are gonna need some therapy after this 100 percent, we are um the teacher that i had was very big into that she had like a I mean, she was a fabulous teacher anyway, but I think one of the reasons why I just like fell so hard for it was because she would set up like, I mean, in the summertime, she would set up a little shop in her living room wow. and you could like earn music money and then go like shopping for little toys and stickers and can candy and things. And I just really responded well to that just mm -hmm. because of my personality. Um, and then, you know, get into high school and it was like, I just kind of kept going with it. it. I became like the piano person in my class, mm -hmm. you know, and um, when I graduated high school, I really thought I wanted to go into academia. Mm. Like I wanted to get my performance degree and then I wanted to go on and get my doctorate and I wanted to teach at a college. And like, that was my career path in my head. Um, you know, as 
often people discover like things don't always go out the, the way that you yeah. plan. Um, I transferred from, I started at UNI for two years and loved UNI. It was a great program. I got a lot of great um, training there, but really struggled to connect with my piano professor and like as a music major that's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. like even though you only see him you know one right, hour a we week need to like... talk later about that <laughs> more therapy yeah more therapy oh, yeah. Right. that could be a whole conversation it really could mm-hmm. um but that's like that's a pretty major relationship when you're a music major like that you yeah. know with your professor it has to click and mine just it didn't for a lot of reasons um and so i looked into transferring i ended up at wheaton um which again it was a really like wonderful experience and also sort of where I, uh, had a bit of a breakdown, just, you know, um, I got injured. I was, I had tendonitis really bad my junior year, like Thanksgiving in my junior year, I started experiencing a lot of pain in your wrists Mm -hmm. and all of my arms. Like when Mm -hmm. I was playing, um, I ended up not being able to touch the piano for about a year. I was in physical therapy. Never knew that. Yep. And, um, that was really hard because junior year as a, performance major is when you're preparing for your junior recital which is half an hour which is half an hour of music it's a lot and then like the summer after your junior year you're getting ready for grad auditions and then senior year you're doing your senior recital and I all my friends who already were all like better than me mm-hmm. <laughs> I already felt like I was sort of like just scraping by compared to these amazing musicians I was with they were just flying past me I wasn't able to you know play hardly at all sorry everyone Lindsay's having issues with her mic over here <laughs> no it's <laughs> fine it's fine everything's We're good fine enough. um and then I ended up relearning my technique mm. and so I was taking double lessons I was with my college professor who was an absolute saint of a woman she was amazing and so patient with me and then I was also taking from a woman who studied um the Taubman technique And it's basically just a technique that focuses on how you are moving your hands and your arms and your wrists and like all the muscles from your neck down and, you know, and doing it in a helpful way. But the problem was I would go to these lessons and she'd be like, put your hand on the piano and I would lift my hand and she would go, no, you twisted there and there and there. And so I was literally back a lot of memories. (laughs) Yeah. I was literally deconstructing all of these bad habits that I didn't know I had that had gotten me injured. Right. Hmm. And trying to rebuild them, but at the same time, like it's we're, like we're pro athletes here. Yeah, I know <laughs> it is. It's kind of funny. If you approach like elite level, quote unquote, yeah. piano with any tension anywhere between your shoulders and your fingers, you are going to get injured. Yes, and the music that you're playing at that level is huge, yes. and you do have to spend hours a day in a practice room, you know, and you're yes. just uh, the repetitive nature of it. And Lindsay's a doctor. So. I, so well, and I feel like I could about. actually have a whole other discussion about the size of pianos. <laughs> and the size of keys because they do make smaller keys, keyboard mm-hmm. inserts for pianos and smaller hands are able to play bigger mm-hmm. music. And there's it's been standardized to men's hands for mm-hmm. hundreds of years. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Male privilege. Male privilege. There it is. Strikes again. again. Yeah. Wow. It's everywhere. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to but derail you. No, you're good. It's, it's funny though, but because uh, when we went and visited Wheaton, there was they were t- giving us a, a tour of the conservatory. My parents were with me, and and the lady that was leading us through was like, "And here's our ice chest." <laughs> oh my god! And my mom was like, "Oh, is that for ice cream treats?" <laughs> it's like the chalk <laughs> bucket she, for. Uh, yeah. Gymnasts. She's like, "No, that's where we keep like ice packs, so you can ice down your arms." And I think at that moment, my mom was like, "Oh, this is different." What? Than I thought. Like, yeah. <laughs> But I was. It was every night. I was icing down my arms when oh I was, you know, done. And yeah. And, so, um, by the way, I I actually broke my arm my freshman year of college and couldn't play trumpet. So I also have a yeah. An injury so you story. know, it's hard when you feel like you're falling behind. Like yeah. Yeah, I ended up transferring out of Iowa. I was performance major at Iowa, and then ended up going. We were all performance majors at one point because yeah. I was performance and then switched to general, so I didn't have to do an hour long recital. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> should have thought about that. <laughs> I stubbornly um, kept going, no, but good for you. Ooh, yeah. you persevered. It That's was rough. Awesome. It was rough. My parents were like, literally, all I had left was my senior recital, and I was so in my head about it that my parents were like, "If you want to change your major, that's fine." Literally, I had just finished mm. everything except this one recital, and I was <laughs> so in my head about it. It was yeah. not a good time. I mean, I think the equivalent for like a grad degree would be like a thesis or something mm-hmm. like you're defending sure. a thesis. Like mm-hmm. it's this huge thing that you work on for over a year every day. Yep. It's not a small thing. Yeah. Well, and what I learned in that season and what really sort of set me on the trajectory that I'm on now is 
way too much of my identity was wrapped up in being a musician. Mm. It's just what I had always done. I'd always been the piano girl. I'd always been the one that, you know, plays the piano and does the things. And mm-hmm. um, when that was taken away, it was kind of like, oh, okay, who mm-hmm. am I now? You know, because there was a time where I really didn't know if I'd be able to finish my degree and I had never thought about doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really appreciate about that season is sort of the opposite of what you were saying, Lindsay. You're like, I don't know, it's just always come naturally, and so I don't really know how to you know, teach it or articulate. It had also come naturally to me, and then it was not natural at all, and I was really having to struggle to figure out how do I learn music? Like, how mm-hmm. do I do this in a totally new way? Yeah. Um, you're like L in season four of Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> Have you, you've watched In the Nina. Things. <laughs> Where she has to relearn her powers. Spoilers. <laughs> I don't know because I can't watch scary things. <laughs> I am a wuss when it comes. I, I tried like things. I tried like two episodes and I was like, eh, yeah. I'm out. Megan and I text all the time now about scary movies. It's yeah. amazing. We should have the nerd zone. <laughs> um, so okay, you went to Wheaton, which is a conservatory. Yes, mm-hmm. and a conservatory means that like all you do is music. It's not yeah. a liberal arts degree. You're not taking you know college math. No, nope. and you're just taking music. Which I did take at you and I, but no, I did not. <laughs> um, and and uh, yeah, like I actually, I actually auditioned for Wheaton Conservatory twice. Wow! Both times I was looking for music schools. So the, as a senior in high school, mm-hmm. when I ended up going to Iowa, I auditioned at Wheaton. And then when I decided to transfer out of Iowa, and re- the reason I did that was because um, I just, well, honestly, breaking my arm, kind of your whole story, like um, taking trumpet away from me for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Who am I? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Lord worked powerfully in my life through that. Ended up saying, okay, I can still do music, but I can do it for God, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to go to like a, a school where I could also kind of study ministry and stuff. And um, so I auditioned at Wheat- Wheaton again, although I didn't quite realize it, but I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked at Wheaton either. It's a conservatory. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't like take ministry classes along with it, you know? And so yeah. I didn't end up going there. Um, went to Indiana Wesleyan and that was fine. But um, yeah, so the conservatory life is really different because you're literally like cloistered in there with the music yeah. majors all the mm-hmm. time. Right? Yeah. And they called us conservies and <laughs> like we, it was literally it's like a cult, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Um, and it's funny because Wheaton is not a very big school. I think there's like 2,500 students total on campus, mm-hmm. not counting the grad students. And so people that have been there all four years, you know everybody in your graduating class. Yeah, that you know? was about the size of my undergrad. You know yeah. everybody. Yeah, you just know, and they were big on community. Like that was huge. So they were always doing these community building mm-hmm. things and events. And I remember on graduation day, I'm like standing in line with a bunch of people. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> I have never seen you. And I was like, some well, because I've been in some in. dark room underground practicing I piano. Literally, <laughs> I literally was like, well, I'm a conservy. And they're like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Question, did your practice rooms have windows? Like, were they above ground? Some of them did, actually. I will say, like, the Wheaton facilities were very, That's very nice. nice. Some, yeah. you and I's were not. Um, I mean, they've upgraded them now. They're very nice now. But, um, yeah. No, I've done the underground, like, no Ours was, like, so we had this big cathedral on campus. And under the cathedral were all the practice rooms. And regular people. Yes, in the catacombs. Regular people upright piano practice rooms, right? Like, add a tune, 100-year-old pianos that you could just tinker around on. But there were two seven- to nine-foot grands that were in practice rooms behind this little auditorium where we did master classes and they could like wheel them out Mm -hmm. onto the stage and back. And you only got keys to those rooms if you were a music major, but they were just big enough for the piano and they were underground and like (laughs) fluorescent lighting and beige walls. And I feel like I went insane Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. multiple times in prison. It's it's yeah, yeah, that I feel like that's a very accurate description. So um, (laughs) fast forward to today. You, like I said, are actually doing something with your music degree. Yeah. Congratulations. You Thank made you. it. You made it. <laughs> so what are you doing? Um, so I teach at Drake. Um, I hold sort of two positions. One is a teaching artist of piano. Um, and in that role, I teach class piano, which is called Piano Lab. Mm-hmm. Basically, every music major that comes in has a requirement to have four semesters of piano uh, study while they are there. And so if they have had some piano background, they're, you know, intermediate level or more, they will study privately. They'll get an hour lesson every week, um, just like a piano student. 
it's just not their primary instrument. And if they've had little to no piano, they get put into class piano, which is up to 10 students in a class. Everybody gets their own little keyboard. Um, and then my job is to take them from knowing absolutely nothing to being relatively proficient mm -hmm. <laughs> in about four semesters. Cool. Yes. The other thing I do then is um, I work as a collaborative pianist in the voice department. I work in one voice studio and I play for all the students that come into that voice studio. So as, when a freshman comes in as a voice major, they get assigned a pianist and, mm -hmm. you know, barring any unusual circumstances, we stay with them until they graduate, cool. which is really quite cool because I get to mm -hmm. see them on a weekly basis in their lesson. They have a coaching with me every week. And then anytime they do a, a recital or any type of performance or, you know, a competition, I play for them. And mm -hmm. so we get to develop a really unique relationship, you know, not only like musically and collaboratively, but I also get to have a little more informal relationship with them because I don't give them a grade in that setting. Sure. I'm not like, you know. It's like, a very symbiotic relationship yeah. when you accompany, especially like a voice because they're kind of leading you, mm -hmm. but you also, you know, like you're taking these nonverbal cues and... I loved accompanying. It yeah. Was super cool. I really discovered a love for like collaborative work. I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed that, but especially at Wheaton mm -hmm. when I was in a practice room feeling like I was going insane. I was like, yeah. I don't like this. Did you ever get to play with like, like a symphony no, thing? No. I did once. They let me play. I think it was Mozart, like one movement mm -hmm. of like a Mozart symphony. And it was so fun. And I think my big <laughs> piano dream was always like someday I'm going to play a Rachmaninoff piano concerto, <laughs> which if anybody is listening, they number know two, how, like crazy. Maybe. Number um, two. <laughs> yes. Number two in C minor. Check um, it out. I'm mm. obsessed with those gorgeous, gorgeous melodies. Music. They're amazing. Um, but anybody, also for big hands. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I got the music just to like play it at home. Just the one part, but no, it's impossible. Yeah. But, um, Oh, you poor, poor piano majors don't know uh, what it's like to play with an ensemble. <laughs> I know. It is special. That's really, that's really the, like, where, where my, like, love of working with me, uh, with vocalists came from is because I hate being on a stage by Another myself. Person. I think that's yes. what makes playing at church so fun, too. Yeah, absolutely. That you get to play with the band. Yeah. You know what you guys would love? Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is really hard for classically trained pianists? doing Jazz. anything without <laughs> sheet music if you're, i mean if you're into like collaborative music making and you talk about like symbiosis and for stuff for pianists though you have to either start on one path or the other you have to start by learning to play by ear mm -hmm. and learning jazz chords and harmonies mm -hmm. or you start with like rigid classical theory mm -hmm. and sheet music because it's hard to switch yeah. from one to the other well maybe me, easier from jazz to classical, so i mean i um you know i started piano lessons when i was in first or second grade or whatever and i was like a pretty good pianist as a child mm -hmm. until trumpet dominated my life and i quit <laughs> piano you're um, still good you played the other day yeah, yeah I, I heard i heard you recently you're at the not bad. worship night it's, i mean i i, good. I mm -hmm. peaked in eighth grade we'll just put it that way <laughs> you were very hard on yourself so, um humble brag so, so, <laughs> that's what this is gonna yeah. be just well this whole episode brag. probably really i mean <laughs> Uh, and I excelled in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyway, I, you know, as I got into it more and more, it's just like anything else. You, you listen a lot. You learn from people who know how to do it. And then the nice thing about being a trumpet player is like I can be in, in the jazz band, you know. I mean, still so, so can the piano player, but there's only one, you know. Yeah. There's only one pianist mm -hmm. in the jazz band. And whereas there's you know five trumpet players, situation. and so you don't necessarily <laughs> have to be one. Yeah, you, you don't necessarily have to be very good um, at jazz in order to like participate as a trumpet player, you know, and see so you, you can kind of break into it that way or whatever. But um, yeah. So anyway, thank you for sharing your story, Amanda. Yeah. And um, yeah, again, congrats on making it through. Yeah, you for sure. You actually make your money with music. I do. That's cool. Not very much, but. <laughs> Yeah, I always t I always said that my goal was to like not have to have a second job. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to like work at a Starbucks, and there's nothing wrong with working at a Starbucks. I just really wanted to take summers off. <laughs> right. That's fair. <laughs> Seriously, that would be amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so we talked. You guys talked about Rachmaninoff a little bit. Okay, pretend that I am not a classical music listener, which, to be quite honest, I don't listen to a ton of classical music. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I did, um, but that was never quite as much my thing. Opera, I could never get into it. Um, you know, I just... I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Certain <laughs> arias, sure. All of me. it, Sorry. no. <laughs> um, just pull up. So know, why should the average person care about classical music? And that classical music is such a ridiculously broad 
term. Yes. I know, but. Amanda, take it away. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> um, well, so first of all, like, I feel like there, it is a very, very broad term. So if you're actually talking about musical genres or musical time periods, there is obviously like the Baroque, the classical time period, right. which is like, Baroque you know, is Bach. Baroque classical is Bach. Is classical is like Mozart. Beethoven kind of bridged the gap yeah. into romantic. You get more into like, you know, Wagner, Puccini, Schubert, then you get Chopin. into contemporary. That's sort of where jazz starts to float in, you mm-hmm. know, out of that contemporary movement. And so there's, there's a, very wide spectrum of musical like eras there when we say classical music and before baroque you even have like all this tonal weird stuff and like chants and like yeah yep so we're talking we're we're gonna we're gonna limit our conversation to like the well-tempered system and (laughs) on well-tempered clavier and on Okay, sounds good. Um, That's, by the way, a system of tuning that we now use. <laughs> like when you listen to Gregorian chant, it sounds super awkward. Super weird. Because they used half tones. They, they had a yep. different system of tuning than we have now. Yep. And, and then Bach actually wrote yep. his well-tempered clavier mm-hmm. to prove that you could now play in every single key on the piano. That's like why he wrote that. So he has this set of preludes and fugues that are very, very famous. You've heard one of them is set to an Ave Maria. Everybody's heard it at mm-hmm. every wedding. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's 24 of them, one in each major key and one in each minor key. And he wrote it to be like, look, we can do this now. Mm-hmm. Just kind of cool, mm-hmm. fun little tidbit. Anyway, <laughs> um, why should we care about classical music? I mean, it's really the foundation of everything that we do in the Western music system, mm-hmm. right? And, and um, I'm obviously not saying that everybody should just like listen to classical music like I that's not for everybody I get that um but just having an appreciation of it and an understanding that like we would not have you know Taylor Swift and (laughs) whoever else we listen to on the radio like without classical music right Mm -hmm. they literally built this whole system of how we Mm -hmm. in the western world perceive music and build music and it's just crazy yeah. that like the the chord, the harmony that was going on in Bach preludes is mm-hmm. the same harmony. Yes, that Taylor no, Swift and uses I think that's now. the biggest thing is even an untrained ear can listen to something and be like, oh yeah, that chord change sounded really cool, and you may not be able to articulate why, but it's because, especially in the Western world, the Eastern world maybe has some different harmonies and ear training that goes on, mm-hmm. but you're mind kind of expects a song to go in a certain direction especially the more you listen to it and especially in worship music which Mm -hmm. is why it's so easy to sing but when you're listening and things maybe don't go where you expect them to it's like oh that's really satisfying because without you knowing it your whole life you've been trained to expect a certain chord progression which we have all sorts of music theory terms for them and Mm -hmm. we can get really technical about them and we spent a lot of time learning them in <laughs> college. Them. I've tried to forget them. I know. I, I I had a whole class called Harmonic Form and Analysis, and it was insane. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy. So, like, everything that you love is because of what Bach started. And before mm-hmm. then, even, if, like, the whole world really kind of agreeing that this makes the most sense. And then you could even get into mathematics and, like, why certain yeah. vibrations mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really I cool. Like, I can get really. I feel like it's similar to like, why do we still read Shakespeare? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because Cause it was informs. the RG. It informs everything that the English language does. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, like themes and um, different, you know, whatever that he did in his plays over and over come back in modern. Mm-hmm. The thing that always fascinates me is the way that like the history of music in the history of art and the history of architecture, they all parallel each other mm-hmm. because it's it's a manifestation of what was going on in the in the culture and the yeah. in the psyche at the time. And mm-hmm. so when we say romantic, it's not just a musical genre. Like it's no, a it's art. It's, it's a way of being, you know, mm-hmm. that manifested certain traits that you see in art and you see in music. Right. And so Well like if you think of Debussy, which I love to play because he was trained in the classical and was trained to be very technical and follow all the rules of music and then decided that he was going to break all of them. (laughs) And so my rebel heart loves Debussy (laughs) because it's so unexpected. But then you look at paintings from the same time and that's when you get all the impressionist paintings Mm -hmm. who take, you know, the very rigid lines of the paintings that came before them and then just blur everything. So yeah, it absolutely mirrors each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I I made the argument in the jazz episode that like jazz music, it kind of mirrors the history of America. Mm -hmm. Like as America's going through significant things, you can kind Mm -hmm. of see the shift in jazz music Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And even like the the way it started was essentially 
you know, slaves in the field mm -hmm. doing their, their slave calls and stuff like that. And once that kind of improvis improvisation, mm -hmm. um, and that sound was merged with like European instruments. Right. And mm -hmm. so you kind of literally have it started just kind of the same way that, that America was like the oppression of a certain people group. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but then they end up making it into an art form. And so similarly, Western civilizations history is kind of embedded in the musical record, you know, in a crazy way. Which is honestly why, like I, I was looking at that, like, which is better classical or jazz. I'm like, I don't think I could actually make that distinction because they are both manifestations of culture and you mm -hmm. know what was happening in that time period and they're both so different and they're both i i don't know they just ha both have so many values jazz is the best no, <laughs> or you could just do that no uh <laughs> i agree it's actually it is true because um i mean to think about what's all involved in a symphony mm -hmm. is is just a stratospheric sort of genius to you know i absolutely will hold that orchestra conductors are the smartest people on the planet i agree the amount of stuff going through your brain when i look at an orchestral score yeah. that they are reading in multiple clefs yep. mm -hmm. and and like transposing instruments and i it I makes had to my take brain a semester explode. of conducting and it was so hard and there was one guy who absolutely excelled at it <laughs> and wanted to be the next Eric Whitaker, which I don't if you really have amazing. to be a music nerd to know who Eric Whitaker is, but um he would, you know, write his own music and then he would get voice students to sing it for him and he would conduct them. And just he was the crazy I had other classes with him and he was just insanely smart and so I absolutely agree. Yeah. Like their brains work on a different level. Eric Whitaker is a good listen. Oh. Also, Absolutely. really fun to follow on social media. He's a oh, great yeah. social media follower. The man well. is just yeah. really cute too. funny. Yeah. Very funny. He, um, so he doesn't write a lot for like wind ensemble, but he did mm -hmm. do at least one piece I know that we did in, in college. I think it's called October. I think that's the name of it. It's beautiful. But anyway, that got me into him. And I was like, oh, he's actually a choral mm -hmm. composer. Yes. And it's just the most amazing, sometimes haunting, but you beautiful. You should listen to it with headphones on in a room alone with your eyes closed. It's <laughs> the best yeah. way to listen to it. Light, that album is yes. incredible. So, um, yeah, okay. What else should we talk about? <laughs> what is your favorite genre of music to listen to now? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, what do you go to? Because obviously we all have this classical background, okay. but I barely ever listen to it. I also barely ever listen to it because it's my job. It's right, right. You and listen I, to it because you're I making it. I listen to it, it a lot I when know. I was studying, but not as much anymore. <laughs> and I always have this problem. People are like, you know, I, like I would come home for breaks during college. And they'd be like, play something for us. I was like, mm, I'm on break. <laughs> like, this is my break now. No, we're done. Um, but I have this problem where the music that I'm listening to has to fit my mood. Mm-hmm. And so it's very hard sometimes to like decide what I want to listen to or to say like what my favorite thing is to mm -hmm. listen to. Um, and it got even harder when I had kids mm. <laughs> because I don't get the option of what I listen to right. nearly as much. It's mm. more like, okay, what do you want to listen to? Um, but I would say like, I really love things that lean acoustic. Mm. Um, like my absolute, one of my absolute all time favorite, um, artist is James Taylor because oh. I'm old apparently I don't know but I will always <laughs> I, I will always turn on James Taylor like he yeah. can fit any mood that I have I've recently discovered Ben Rector and I'm very mad that people didn't tell me about him earlier Ben Rector was actually at the U of A when I was at John Brown and he came and like crashed dorm parties and sang yeah oh, and before he was ever famous and, and he's so, now it's really so weird. good he's so good and I'm like I literally just discovered him this summer and I was like does everybody know about this? And no. they just haven't told me like, yes. have I been kept no. out of this? I kind of feel that way. So, but again, sort of that like acoustic-y and like kind of rock and, mm -hmm. but I, I mean, I appreciate a lot of different things. Like mm -hmm. it, yeah. it really just depends on my mood. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll turn on some jazz. Sometimes I'll turn on some country. Yeah. Not very often. That's the way it ought to be, you know? Yeah. Like why, why lock yourself into It's something? hard to pick a favorite. Yeah. I agree. Sometimes like I'm really in the mood for like soundtrack stuff. Mm. Little Hans Zimmer. I have yes, Prince of Egypt. I oh, can always the sing the best. Prince of Egypt. I did. I did the, the, the trumpet solo on that. <laughs> like, do, 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 do. I'm still playing. I'm fingering along on the trumpet. <laughs> the Prince of Egypt. I it's did it because a guy, a guy oh, in high school, so sang good. that song, and he wanted me to. do I it, even so. have like a weird like French pop niche like Ooh. part of my musical heart, and it's for like very calm, like Saturday mornings. And I turn on my like Carla Bruni and I listen to her sing a lot of in French. What you're saying is like happy, acoustic. Yeah. Nice vibes. I did go through I some, like I did go through some like darker angsty times in college. That was my like. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> that was my like snow patrol, you know. Oh. 
Coldplay. Those are like beginner sad. level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, I didn't go hardcore like down the angsty <laughs> rabbit hole, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So yeah. to back up my musical taste, I think outside of classical music was very much informed by my oldest brother. So like I said, uh, we weren't allowed to listen to anything with rock. And so my oldest brother was eight years older than me and rebelled hardcore and got into <laughs> very hard rock music in the like 90s, early 2000s. So like I grew up idolizing him and the music he listened to was like grunge. And like <laughs> the first concert I went to was Seether, which my parents did mm-hmm. not know about. <laughs> um, Do they know about it now? Oh, yeah, say. they know about it now. Okay. And so a lot of what I still lean towards is like hard melodic rock, not a lot of screaming, but like just, I don't know, industrial rock, things like that. But then I also love James Taylor and I love folksy acoustic stuff. Like I've been listening to the Civil Wars a lot again lately and I just love their harmonies. Nickel Um, Creek. Do you ever listen to Nickel Creek? A little bit. Yeah. But I don't love too much country. I actually like bluegrass because it's more instrumental, but I don't like like pop country because I just think it's pop with a twang. (laughs) I I literally only listen to pop country when it's like summertime and I'm like on a like an Iowa highway. Sure. Yes. And like like those are the mm -hmm. moments where I'm like wearing a hat. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, this feels like a country moment to me. What we're saying is that we pick music to listen to as a soundtrack to our lives. Yes. Mm. That is absolutely how I think of it. Because yeah. I'm like, what mood am I in? What am I trying to get ready for? And then I pick a song that reflects that. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't pick music to like help me change my mood. I no. pick it to like fit reinforce. My mood. Yes. yes, absolutely. I'm in this hole. I want to go deeper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cathartic. It's yeah. not like it I'm like making like, myself here, more upset I might as well or something. Some but it's like, wow, music. if everything is like raging around me and I don't, you know. It's like I'm naming not, your emotions. It is. You know? And that is what is so beautiful about music. Mm-hmm. It's universal as well. Like you don't have to speak the same language to listen to something and be like, wow, that's the mood of this or that's mm-hmm. the vibe mm-hmm. it's trying to get across. And um, it's nice to have something that is like external to you and your emotions that is also like helping you process them or just like. And it connects you to other people who also maybe are processing those same things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So music is awesome is yes. what we're saying. So good. Absolutely. I love music. All right, Phil, it's your turn. <laughs> I mostly listen to audiobooks. Oh, that's um, not an answer. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. one of the audiobooks I'm listening to right now, actually the guy, the ch- it's like an apologetics book I'm listening to, and it, the guy just made an argument for the existence of God from music. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. I, it was, I don't know. I'd like to, to hear a sermon on that. Well, I'm not sure how convincing <laughs> I, I found. I mean, I, okay, sure. I, I think it's true, but I don't know how convincing a, a non-believer would find it. Sure. It's hard to say, but essentially he's saying, you know, like, do you really want to say that this is all just reducible to chemistry and physics, hmm. you know, or isn't there some sort of transcendence that that's, this is pointing to and things hmm. like that, you know? Um, just, he's trying to make like a person who's staunchly against God, like own up to the, to, to the logical consequences of what they say is true. And that means that essentially this, this is meaningless. Um, I don't know if I, if I was an atheist, I, I would probably say, well, but I, I still like it, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm, it's, I'm not going right. to music for any ultimate meaning. I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to the chapter again and, and kind of see where he goes with it exactly. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, no, a really incredible musical moment. You do think, okay, that was a transcendent mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. you know? And yes. I think as a musician, we're probably, I don't, wanna, I don't know if I should say this or not. Are we more attuned to it than non-musicians are? Because... I think um, so. I mean, I, I think it, we also it, seek it, them out more. Yeah, it depends. But I want I want to say that a non-musician can experience it to the same extent. Like, like have you yes. ever listened to a piece of music and started crying? Oh, yeah. Because, or what like always a, got me no, was... An instrument, like no words, but somehow right. the, the harmonies make or you cry. every Christmas, um, singing O Come All You Faithful. Because mm-hmm. in college, we sang that walking in as the choir to an organ playing, holding candles, mm-hmm. and it just like... Yeah. It just resonates somehow, and it's like, wow, this is what Christmas is about. And I think, just, I I think O Magnum Mysterium would probably still make oh. me cry today. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. just beautiful. Um, anyway, his point is just kind of like, yeah, is there something else going on there that it's hmm. lifting us towards? You know, I don't an know. An interesting question. 
Um, I butchered his argument too. It's much better than what I just <laughs> so said. You never listen to music. You just listen to audiobooks. Um, okay. So <laughs> when I'm listening, I listen to a lot of words of music. Um, like I worked out this morning and, um, I like listen to some Kirk Franklin. Um, I'm kind of on a Kirk Franklin kick right now. Like seriously, I said this on jazz episode too, but if you want to see 15 minutes of amazing, like awesomeness, <laughs> check out Kirk Franklin's. Okay, I'm going to have to check it out because I don't actually Kirk know who Kirk Franklin. that is. You know who Kirk <laughs> oh, Franklin is? Oh yeah. You um, guys. He's like the premier gospel artist. Yeah. Um, oh, well, here check go. out his 15 minute tiny desk concert. Okay. The N- is it NPR, <laughs> I think, tiny desk concert. He's got two. He does one with Maverick City. Ooh. Um, but don't do that one. Do just the Kirk Franklin tiny desk concert okay uh it's just amazing <laughs> like these people are so good the bass player it was like auditioning to be heaven's bass player i think <laughs> this guy is crazy good and it's in kirk franklin's just kind of a riot too anyway I'm, I'm into that um yeah like worship music shane and shane i like shane and shane mm-hmm. i also I do, I do listen to a good amount of jazz as well did and taylor ever tell you he played with shane and shane no or one of the shanes what really so, <laughs> one of the shanes. <laughs> um one of the shanes he'll tell the story better than i can but played um at his church growing up on a sunday morning and he got to play drums with him wow yeah that's amazing it's his claim to fame. <laughs> see i kind of think it's like a, having a well-balanced diet like your musical i guess you can listen to whatever you want but if somebody who takes music seriously, I, I would say it's okay to listen to just like pop, you know, yeah. that's cool. But it might also be a good idea to listen to some heavy stuff, you know, or like mm-hmm. some, some serious, you know, music. Um, and for me, most, if I'm listening to that kind of thing, most of the time it would be more towards the jazz mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But stuff who are like, no, this person's a, a genius and they're, they're doing something no one's done before and they changed the world yeah. because of their music kind of so stuff. So what you're saying is you're going to start listening to more opera. <laughs> uh, probably, probably should, but I just like, serious I respect music. It. I respect it. I do. Um, I just haven't found any that I've really wanted to listen to mm. much. So every now and then, people talk about rap and how it's like you know mind blowing and it's changing the genre, and that is still something that I struggle to appreciate. And there are certain rap artists that I like more than others, but I don't know. And there's just certain genres of music like that where if people talk about them, I still can't. <laughs> I think like, I think every genre every know. genre has their like genius you know right their, their, absolutely their phenoms and and you know those people are really amazing so I still try to listen to it even though I'm like eh, it's not really for me but then I'm at least like educating myself <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's what I should do continue with opera. my medic musical education <laughs> yeah that's what I should do with opera I guess I, I need to educate funny. musical education into one word and called it medication <laughs> <laughs> No, that's your current. I'm <laughs> combining my lives right now. You know, none of us were music ed majors, which suggests that we do have some modicum of sanity. <laughs> so that true. is so legit. I my roommate in college uh, went into pedagogy and is now teaching. And nope, not for me. <laughs> you just do it. Just just do it. That's how I would do, <laughs> do it. it. That's you how I teach. Just yeah. play it. Well, and that's like I don't know. Like if somebody just sat down in front of me and played something in a certain way and said okay do that i could just do that they didn't my teacher didn't have to explain it i don't know actually when i when i started my wife and i helped plant a church before table church and um in order to make ends meet i did teach music lessons i had a studio of 20 some students piano guitar and trumpet it was actually really fun like Mm -hmm. i loved that pays pretty decent too (laughs) um but Boy, it's re- there is something really special about having like a good student who's mm-hmm. into it and you're just like, you guys are clicking. You're like, I don't know. That's pretty neat. I felt like too, I became a better musician when I became a teacher mm-hmm. um, because you have to figure it out. Like yeah. I remember the first time a student asked me how to pedal on the piano and yeah. I literally looked at them and I was like, you just do it. You just, I don't your know. foot you just, just moves. Do it. Like <laughs> I couldn't remember a time when I didn't know how to use the pedal and I had to actually sit there and figure it out. And now mm-hmm. I actually have, you know, a way that I teach. Yeah how to use the pedal but um it's really interesting teaching college level music students introductory piano mm. <laughs> because they're good at something else musically yeah but now they're like children exactly trying, yeah. and they get a little up in their heads about it because they mm-hmm. feel like they're i'm taking them back to kindergarten you know and in a, in a sense you are um and so it, it's it's always interesting to watch like some of them really you know, buckle down and they, they like lean in and they listen to all of my tips on how to practice and everything else. And then, and they get it and they move pretty quickly and others 
can't move past the emotional like it doesn't, feeling yeah it doesn't feel good to, to be you know a kindergartner in music again so yeah um but I do, I do feel like I learned so much more about myself as a musician and like how I do things once I started teaching it. And mm-hmm. I had to start unpacking that for other people, mm-hmm. um, which was helpful to my own process too. And that's something we actually talk about in medicine a lot because medicine is like an apprenticeship model, right? From day one, you're being taught by the people that have come before you. And a huge part of my job day to day right now is actually just teaching and it's really cool to see like, yes, I was made for medicine and not music because I love teaching medicine and I love breaking it down for people and making it easy. And it just kind of confirms that like I'm in the right place (laughs) and I've gotten like compliments on being a good teacher because you have to understand something better to be able to Mm -hmm. teach it. And if Mm -hmm. you can't teach it, you maybe don't understand it fully. And so I just feel like Mm -hmm. my music was not where I was supposed to go. It's good. (laughs) Okay, so do you guys have any um, like music performance horror stories? Oh my gosh! Oh, um, like yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's really I funny. It. I, I mean, I think everybody struggles with like performance anxiety at some point mm-hmm. as a musician or as a performer. You know, any kind of art form where you have to get up on a stage and perform for people. Like you're going to be nervous at some point. I think everybody does, right? Yes. Unless uh, you're just yeah, crazy. unless you're, <laughs> unless there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> my hands would get frozen. Yes, it's like very all cold. the blood just like yep. leaves your hands when you start playing and you're nervous. Yep, it's um, not good. I I remember getting up and, and doing a performance where I literally couldn't get past bar four. Like I got four bars in and stopped, and then I I just played those same four bars like over and over and over for what felt like <laughs> thirty minutes. What? And I finally like powered through and got through it, but there's like a mental block. It's just a mental block. I memorization is my absolute Achilles heel. Like I Mm. cannot memorize to save my soul. Um, And people never believe me. They'll be like, "Can you sit down and play something?" I'm like, "I can't." Actually, (laughs) music. I literally I will read anything. Like I'm a very good sight reader. That is a skill I have worked on my entire life. I will read anything you put in front of me and probably do it fairly well. You have to to be an accompanist. Exactly. That's like my life, but don't ask me to memorize anything. And so, yeah, most of my like performance issue things have to do with memory slips. Although one time I was in, (laughs) I was in New York with, um, I used to work for Dowling. I played for their choirs. And so Mm. when they would go on choir tour, I'd go with them. We went to New York one year and we were in this giant cathedral and it had this beautiful marble floor and (laughs) this nine foot concert grand. And the choir conductor is at the very tip of this nine foot concert grand, right? And I'm over nine feet away from him sure. at the keyboard and the choir is behind us. And I start playing and nobody has locked the wheels oh. on this piano. And <laughs> you push it, it literally no. started by the time we got done. So it's like a cartoon. It, w- it was, <laughs> it was hysterical. By the time we got done, I looked up and the conductor is right here <laughs> over my shoulder. He's just like looking at me and I'm like, Hey, so just every couple seconds, I would like Scoot grab the, the bench, bench and switch it. You like squeak. You know. It was like, yep. Oh <laughs> yep. I just like slowly traveled with this piano that oh, that's amazing. across this very slick marble floor. So that wasn't really like a, a performance thing that, but it was funny. No, it was that, one of, that one of my funniest performance <laughs> moments. <laughs> I should expand it. Not just scary or, or yeah, but also funny performance. I've also had a lot of funny moments with my vocalists because they will do some very funny things on stage. Mm -hmm. Like you never know what's going to happen. And part of my job is making sure that whatever happens, I can fix it (laughs) (laughs) and make it work. Um, I had a girl one time absolutely butcher a French art song. It only had two verses and she was everywhere. I mean, I was flipping pages. I'm like, oh, now you're over here. Okay. You know, and I think we're approaching the end and I'm like, okay, we made it. I held it together. Like this will be fine. And she starts singing a third verse that does not exist. Oh my gosh. How do you make it up? Just kept singing random French words. And I was like, okay. What in the world? So you just, you never know. You just never know what's going to happen when you get on stage. That is something. (laughs) I think most of my horror stories involve being forced to sing in college because as a piano major, you're required to take some voice. And then we had this cathedral choir, which was very prestigious. And we had women's choirs. And I was in women's choirs. It was much more low key. <laughs> and then the conductor of the cathedral choir was like, you should just try out. Just try out. And I was an alto two in women's chorus. Yes. I try out. Oh, yeah. Loved carrying yes. that bass line for the women. You know, keep everyone on track. Whatever. You were also a good reader. That's the other thing it means if you're an alto too. Yes. I <laughs> you was can sight read. one of the only music majors <laughs> in women's chorus. And then I tried out for the cathedral choir. And he 
I don't know if he had a stroke that day, but he made me a soprano one. And I was oh. like, what is happening? And I told you, I went to school with these women that could sing mm-hmm. like operatically high. And I'm standing next to them in choir. I'm like, what am I doing here? So I only lasted a semester before I went back to women's choir. So I was like, I don't feel comfortable here. <laughs> and they made me sing in master class, which to anybody who doesn't know music, master class is like a once a week mini informal recital where you play something that you're working on and in this case i had to sing in front of all the voice majors (laughs) and i was horrified like it was just i don't know not my favorite and Mm. now i sing on sunday morning so i don't know what happened but (laughs) you got over it you've been delivered well i get to sing with other people that's the difference it's like i don't know and you're not singing opera and i'm well it wasn't opera it was like maybe we should have an opera sunday Oh my gosh! No, we need to have a jazz <laughs> Sunday or like a Let's folk Sunday I would with like a tambourine yeah. and like an egg shaker and like just go Let's full. Let's get crazy. Full <laughs> I would love it. Or folk worship night. Yeah. yeah. I like that too. Like, all or hymns. jazz worship night. Yeah, all hymns. Folk Ooh, hymns. We need to get an upright bass. That's what we really need. Let's get Chris on that. I think he could do that. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea Cello, how to do that. Hello, a bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think, so I don't know if I have like a in, like in a performance sort of disaster story, but, um, I developed, this is weird. Um, like it happened a couple times in my life where when I was getting really thick into trumpet and performing and stuff like that, and just stressed, I develop a stutter on the trumpet hmm. only oh, wow. on the trumpet. Like not when I'm talking or anything like that, hmm. um, to where I would like, I got, I've got to like, you know, stick a note, right. It's like a <laughs> delicate kind of entrance. And I'm like. <laughs> it's like when you hit a note on the piano and it doesn't make any sound it's like, yeah go <laughs> it was wild and uh huh. it's honestly kind of the reason i didn't do a senior recital i did a junior recital but i didn't do a senior recital i ended up as a church music major i could do a senior project and so mm-hmm. i did a project but it's just driving me crazy and i have so much now empathy for people who actually have a stutter because i i get it a little bit i think mm-hmm. um it's just the weirdest thing. Like you just like, you can't control yourself and it's a, it's a psychological thing. I yeah. Think. Nerves like they will manifest themselves in very odd ways. Yeah. Stress does weird stuff. Yes. We people. had a vocal major at my undergrad who actually had a stutter that was pretty severe. And the reason she became a vocal major was because she was taught to sing to mm-hmm. get over mm-hmm. her stutter and mm-hmm. it was amazing <laughs> so i was in classes with her and she couldn't say what she wanted to and she just start singing it yeah that's awesome that's it was really awesome. cool i mean th- th- you've seen the videos of like people with alzheimer's and mm-hmm. you know music oh yeah and just incredible what music does to the brain yeah but i remember like if somebody could conduct me in i was fine like if i just had somebody go like this you know <laughs> like i could hit it uh, nobody totally listening. in your head nobody yes. listening saw what i just did i conducted <laughs> it but it was a very beautiful hand motion. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was very nice. But if I'm like doing a solo piece or whatever, um, it was, it was, uh, I don't know, very unfortunate and was kind of the thing that in, in the end, um, I would say discouraged me from really pursuing <laughs> trumpet more is because it's like, well, if this is how it's going to be. then I think that is one of the hardest things about music. And I, I've never been in any other field, so I can't speak to any other field, but I, I feel like music is so interwoven with your emotional life yeah um that it's it it just makes it very difficult and Mm -hmm. and you're you know you're told as you're learning how to perform like you have to be expressive Mm -hmm. right you can't be a good performer unless you pretty much get very vulnerable yes and like lay Mm -hmm. yourself bare you lay yourself out there and then you know the part of the process going through lessons and a music degree and everything else is you get up on a stage and you lay yourself out there and then people critique you yes they're like, and this was wrong, and this was wrong, and this was and wrong. They and they pretend like it's objective right. as well, which is also and it's very not distressing. At all. <laughs> and so you really have to find this balance of like, this is my musician person, mm-hmm. but this is who I really am. Mm-hmm. And just because I had a bad day as a musician person does not mean that I am <laughs> <laughs> like, it, but it's very hard to, to separate the two because you, you, to be a good performer, you want to be as authentic as you can. Okay. What's, you that, know? what's that movie that it was like? up for best picture it's about a drummer oh what's it called you know what i'm talking about i don't um, oh it was everybody talks about it all the time and it's like he goes to a high level conservatory or something and it's just all i think i've never seen it because it's i literally say it's like too real hold mm. on <laughs> uh, let me let me let me look it up 
carry on amongst no, yourselves. No, I agree because so kind of hearkening back to when you're talking about the relationship with your instructor, I had a very tumultuous relationship with my piano teacher in college and it ended up that while I was preparing for my senior recital, she completely broke me down, like completely tore me down every single time I was sitting next to her to the point that after I finished my recital, I couldn't touch a piano for like a year and a half, two years because you tie it so closely to your identity. To who you are. And you talked about that too with you breaking your arm and you're no longer able to play or you're no longer able mm-hmm. to play because of your tendonitis. Like it's tricky to not get that as part of your identity and then you have to because you can't completely shut yourself off from no. it because then you're not a good performer no you then, can't you know you have to have an experience with right. your audience and it was almost to the point where I was being well so in piano you're almost always instructed to play things in a way that's historically accurate mm-hmm. um and I didn't really like that because I thought Again, why would I play in 2020 <laughs> like they played in 1900 when I have a completely different instrument and it's a completely different time and I'm me and you pedal in Bach don't you I do pedal yeah. in go Bach girl because I too. like it and because if Bach had a pedal he would have used it he that's 100% what I say 100% would have uh-huh. used it and so I don't know you got to make the rules before you can break the rules well, I felt like I had come far enough you that I could them? make my own rules. <laughs> okay. um, like, I think I earned that right. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're being told to use your emotions to mm-hmm. inform how you're interpreting things, but then you're being put into this box. And so me being the rebel that I am and not liking rules that don't make sense, argued with my teacher <laughs> a lot <laughs> and it did not go well. And she used that to attack my person. Um, and now I feel like I've been able to... <laughs> I know it's this it's, was supposed to be a light fun podcast <laughs> we're, we're gonna but, get into it now <laughs> but I have like been able to reclaim it and just Good. enjoy mm-hmm. music for me and I think actually playing at church has been a huge part of that as well because it's not about you mm-hmm. but it's a way to use your talent um to glorify God and just like celebrate with other people and that's been mm-hmm. really cool the well, movie is called Whiplash Whiplash. Oh, I have heard of that. Uh, so I've, Taylor it, has never seen it, and he's a drummer, and I feel like he needs so to see it. So I've only seen the previews, and it's like a jazz drummer. It looks like he's at Juilliard or some high mm-hmm. conservatory, you know, and um, like his instructor is just like really, really severe and mm-hmm. just drives him into the ground, basically. Mm-hmm. Like the, the preview for the movie is just like him bringing up with his girlfriend. I don't really have, we don't, I just don't think I have time for you anymore. And <laughs> And he's crying and he's like punching his drums and kicking stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to watch that. Right. You know? yeah. Everyone's like, it's amazing. It's so good. You <laughs> like, got to watch what? it. It's about a jazz musician, you know? And I'm like, uh, it's just a little too close to home a little bit. Like, yeah. like how much you tie up into that stuff mm-hmm. is kind of wild. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily get too deep into it. Once I transferred to Indiana Wesley and, and I knew that like, look, this is a small part of my life, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't so bad. I mean, I still got a stutter, I guess, but, um, <laughs> but like when I was at Iowa, uh, boy, I remember th- at the end of every semester you have a jury. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like a little mini recital for some professors. And, um, and my first jury, I just didn't do that great. Um, I, I totally botched the sight reading, which I'm normally a very good sight reader. In fact, I got a full tuition scholarship to Iowa largely because he was really impressed with my sight reading in my audition. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But then I got to that and I totally botched it. And, and I remember one guy said, well, that was basically, uh, well, how do you say it? Because it was actually kind of funny. <laughs> complete, complete anarchy of time. <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> like, wow. I was not in time at all. And, uh, and it's just like, boy, that cut me, you know. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I had a similar experience. This was like my sophomore year. So I, it was my last year at UNI and I was already a mess because I'd had literally everybody from this particular professor's studio had like transferred out over the last four semesters that I had been there and I was just young and dumb I didn't know I could do that I just thought I was kind of stuck so I had already like had this awful four semesters I was a mess I was getting ready to transfer I did my jury it fell apart and as I was leaving they were like you know you should probably consider a different career path oh (laughs) geez and that's what they left me with oh my gosh (laughs) that hurts but in in, in a sense it's like Somebody's going to say it, right? I know. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, now I'm, <laughs> now sometimes I'm in that position. Yeah. <laughs> <Where> <laughs> <Not like> you. <laughs> I'm, I'm like watching students implode and I'm like, maybe 
you should try something else. I don't know. Maybe you should add an ed- education on. Yeah. No, that's, no. that's, that's not what never you're supposed the to answer. Do. <laughs> never. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's very hard. And honestly, I feel like now, I, I mean, it did not feel good going through those experiences in college and, you know, having mm-hmm. the breakdown that I did. But I see so many, especially college professors that are outstanding performers and mm-hmm. absolute terrible teachers mm-hmm. because they've never had to struggle. Yep. They never had to figure it out. They were yep. just always good at it. Yep. Sure. And then they became these amazing performers and now, you know, people wanted to teach them. to teach. Almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it just, so I, I feel like the struggles that I went through gave me this phenomenal like bag of tricks mm-hmm. to help other students who are struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause in the music schools, you know, you have the top tier and then you have like 80% that aren't the top tier, but they're still there to get a music degree and they right. still need, you yeah. know, people to pour into them and to encourage them and, and yeah. help and whatever. And so um, I always hope that I am a voice of like, it's okay, you know, mm-hmm. for my students. Like, I appreciate that. Take a take a <laughs> breath. Like, it will be okay, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I know it's scary getting out on stage, but like, you won't die. <laughs> so basically, what we're saying is that we're glad that we don't get comments on Sunday morning on our performance. Uh, yes. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I get comments. Oh you no! Do? no. <laughs> Not on my music, but oh, okay. on other things. Well. Anyway. <laughs> all right, um, all right, Phil. I'll stop writing comments. <laughs> no, <I'm> just- <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> Actually, at Table Church, I don't get very many comments, but in past ministries, people do. Um, actually, when I was a, my first job as a worship pastor, it was always drove me nuts. We took the offering between the worship and the sermon, and so people would drop their comments before the sermon had been preached. Wow. And so all they ever talked That's about was really the music. That's really interesting. All they ever talked about was the music. And that so was it, planned every, by as I say, the I, head pastor. I feel like that was intentional. <laughs> he was dodging it, right? <laughs> It's so every Sunday morning, it's like we stood too long. It was too loud. Too many songs <laughs> or whatever. It's like, come on, people. That's great. So, That's okay. Um, let's do a five-minute gripe session on being a music major. Oh, we kind of already did that. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Maybe I feel we like shouldn't. we did like a 40-minute gripe session. How about this? Hey, everybody. Um, you know what? Your identity is in Jesus. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Not in your That's music. where it's at. I actually, that was a huge part of my spiritual growth in college. And I still have this sheet somewhere from my counselor, who was luckily a Christian, who gave me, <laughs> it's literally verse after verse or reference after reference of your identity is in Christ. Mm. And that was so formative for me because I was going through this crisis of like, well, I'm a music major, but I'm not going to be a music teacher or a performer or, you know, like, what am I going to do with my life? And I feel like that's college, right? You're just trying to find who mm-hmm. you are and just resetting that and saying my identity is in Christ. Now, have I kept that always? No, because there have been things that have happened, especially in the last, you know, eight or nine years that have told me again, like my identity is in my grades. My identity is mm-hmm. in whatever, you know, um, and that's always just failed me. And so, yeah, yeah. Good word. I think it's a good word to end on even. So mm-hmm, absolutely. Yes. Ladies, thank you so much. This is fun. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I feel like I should just put one word out there. If anybody's thinking yes. about being a music major, Come you should totally to do it. I mean, do it. We made it sound terrible, but <laughs> no, it's, it, there's it, a lot of good there. <laughs> there was a lot of good and it was really fun. Like it is it, fun. You don't have another time in your life where you get to do so many cool, interesting things. Like I got to learn MIDI and I mm-hmm. composed a bunch of music. I did conducting. I got to play with symphony. And you, and you get to travel, you, you know, you get yeah. to travel, you get to perform all the time. You get to play fun music all the time. You're like, and you get to hang out with friends a lot. I got to accompany. At least if you're in an ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> I got to accompany local pianist. theater. Yeah. Um, yes. And so I did all the music for Little Shop of Horrors, which was so fun. And like an off-Broadway musical, like you, you get to do a That lot was of like really my cool summer job in college is I would go play for the Waterloo Playhouse it's for so their fun. play. And it was just like, I'd go every night at like six and be there mm-hmm. from like six to 12. And mm-hmm. that so was fun. like my summer job. It's yeah. great. Let yeah. us not discourage. Yes. Music don't, is great. Just, I mean, don't, don't be discouraged. It's one of the few majors <laughs> that might actually do psychological damage to you, but you should totally do it. <laughs> you should totally do it. No, you just need to remember where your identity exactly truly lies, right? absolutely that's, that's where it's at and i always tell people too like just th- your your job is not to be perfect and mm-hmm. your job is not to be amazing your job is to be diligent mm-hmm. with what god has given you you know what yep. i mean I like and it. if you can lay your head on the pillow and say hey i was diligent today with what god has given me i wasn't yeah. i wasn't lazy um then you know you got nothing to be ashamed of so yep. thanks for listening everybody tune in next time